Tonight we'll look into Paul's letter to the Philippians, the third chapter, and I'll read verses 4 through 8. Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 8. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. This letter was written by Paul during his first imprisonment in Rome about 60 A.D. There under house arrest, he also wrote his letter to the Ephesians, to the Colossians, and a letter to Philemon. He did this, of course, because he was unable to visit the churches and the peoples, and he wanted to be able to encourage them and also to address problems and potential problems that he had received word of. One of the major issues of that time was a a problem that they had with what were called Judaizers. These were Jews that had believed on the Lord, but then began to impose the Mosaic law upon other Christians. And so what we find in the scriptures that were just read was not Paul boasting about his heritage or his pedigree, but in fact, it was quite the opposite. He was wanting those who were imposing this need to conform to the law to understand how it was in conflict with having faith in Christ. So he first seemingly appealed to them because he could really, for the Judaizers, check all the boxes. He said that he was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel. He was born a Jew. He was from the the tribe that was very venerated by the Jews. They were a small tribe, but they had been a faithful tribe. They had not been part of the revolt that split the country. They alone had stayed with Judah following the Davidic line, so they were not part of what was called the lost tribes of Israel. 
So he let them know, I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. Then it's like he could say, look, I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I mean, both of his parents were natural-born Jews as well. You want to talk about the Mosaic Law? I was a Pharisee. I was part of the religious group that kept the law to the minute detail of it. How zealous was I? You could say with respect to that, or as he is recorded here concerning zeal, I was persecuting the church. You see, there was the conflict. And then he contrasted that in the next sentence by saying, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. You see, what he had had, that wonderful heritage, that pedigree, put him into a situation where he was persecuting the church. Yet by the law, according to its righteousness, he was blameless. I believe the Apostle Paul would have had maybe a good time, certainly welcomed the opportunity to have engaged these Judaizers and could have given them a fiery testimony or sermon because he had lived the fallacy of trying to serve God by legalism. In fact, he would tell the Philippians, really without any doubt, it was all worthless. Everything that I had gained in life, I had lost in order to serve Christ. Again, at the end of that eighth verse saying, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. He had met him on the Damascus road. He'd been saved. In that moment, he realized all that he had before meant nothing. Then he said, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. In writing to the Philippians to refute the false teachings, he declared to them what his supreme goal was. And that was to serve the Christ who had saved him. That that was his ambition. He wanted to win a crown of righteousness. He was like that merchant that the Lord told the parable of in Matthew 13, who had sought for goodly pearls, who when he had found the one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Well, Paul had bought it. Everything else that he had, all of his previous efforts to uh, please God, he cast those away, and he only had one ambition then, and that was to follow the Savior who had delivered him and had given him the hope of heaven. 
And that is why he could go on to say here in the third chapter, in the ninth verse, that he wanted to be found in him, not having, he said, my own righteousness, which is of the law. That was worthless. That didn't work at all. But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, not by works, not by legalism, not by following rules and regulations, but by having faith in that one who had spoke to his heart, called after his soul, when he responded in repentance, had delivered him. And he wanted to to give everything that he had to it. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. I serve a resurrected Christ. I know that he sits on the right hand of God and that's what I want to attain. That's what I, that's what I want to set my affections and my goal upon. That's what Paul had determined to do because he had found that pearl of great price. Four years ago, Rodik and I were in Zimbabwe for their camp meeting. And during that time, they took us on a, a drive to see some wildlife. And while we were on that drive in this open vehicle uh, with the Goombos, Brother Onius, he told us the difference between some of that wildlife and the leopard. It kind of scared Radika because he was using that vehicle as an example. He said, now a leopard, when it spots its prey, it fixes its eyes upon it. And that's all that it sees. Once it's determined what its target is, that's what it's going after. Even if there was somebody else closer or easier, it's going to go right past that. It's going to it's going to go after the one that it's targeted. Well, when it came to winning Christ, it was this type of focus that the Apostle Paul put upon obtaining that goal. He told the church, not as though I had already attained. He wasn't there yet. He wanted to stay focused. Either it was already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Christ had zeroed in on him. He said, Christ apprehended me. I, I now want to apprehend him. That same focus that the Lord used when he dealt with my soul. He, he came after me. And now I want to pursue him. So he said, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. That humility that uh, the apostles showed here and where he was as far as pursuing this goal must have been a great comfort 
uh, to the church. As they realized that he wasn't saying, I've arrived. I'm already there. No, he was saying, I, I haven't made the goal yet. But that's what I'm pursuing. That's what I'm after. That's what my eyes are fixed upon. And that's why he went on to say, but this one thing I do. That's very important. You've got to be like that leopard when you go after something, when you're going after uh, attaining the goal of heaven. This one thing, not many things, this one thing. There's an old proverb that says, the man that chases two rabbits catches neither. I know the Lord said in the Sermon on the Mount, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Uh, the Apostle Paul had come to know a, a great truth that if, if you're going to pursue a promise of God, you you got to stay fixed upon it. That has to be your goal. And so he said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I have a goal. I have a mark. It's the Savior. And I am determined to follow him until I make that heavenly, that heavenly place. I want to be where he is. So he said, I have to forget those things which are behind me. But he said, I got to focus on today. And I got to keep what I want to attain, that, that future goal before me. You know, the devil will try to get us to live in the past. He's very good at that. You can be sure. He came around to Paul very often, reminded him of all those Christians he had persecuted, those he had consented unto their death. You can be sure he drug that up before him time and time again. He'll do that to you. He'll do that to me. He'll want to bring up our past, failures, those things that uh, we did before we were saved. Well, he'll also bring up the past victories. Paul, what about when you laid hands on those men in Ephesus? They received the baptism. Or you, that other one, they were raised up from the dead. Now you're here. You're in prison. What did you do wrong? Well, we don't want to live in the past. We want to serve God today. And that's why Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind me and pressing on to those things which are before me. He was giving the example of a runner in a race. In fact, he was giving the example of a runner who was right up there to the finish line. And if you've ever seen a race, when they're there and they're that close, they... They press, they, they push out, they extend 
because they want to win the race. And that's what the apostle was saying that, that he was doing. I, I want to win. I, I want to achieve this heavenly goal that is before me. Well, we too have that same goal. You know, some people like to shoot and then call what they hit the target. That doesn't work spiritually. It doesn't work the other way either. Well, if you think about it, Paul had already tried that approach. It didn't get him anywhere. But yet, when he finally had the right target, when he finally began to follow the Lord, he had the mark. And that's what the Lord's given you and me. That's why we have his word. It gives us the one and only direction to make it to heaven. But Paul, make no mistake, was determined to follow the Lord to the end, and he did. We know in Second Timothy, uh, when he was right there, he said, I finished my course, I've kept the faith. So you can see the, the end of having that, that goal, that target identified and then staying on target. Well, if you and I want to hit the mark, we too need to follow this same strategy that Paul identified to the Philippians. If you're saved, and we hope that all of you are, you've already set that course. There's that point when you repent of your sins, ask God to forgive you, ask him to come into your heart. In fact, the writer of Hebrews said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. There has to come that time to run that race that that we pray through and we get rid of that load of sin. Now we're on target. And if you're not, you want to do that tonight. But he said, and let us run the with patience, the race that is set before us. So once we've got rid of that load of sin, we have to continue to look to lay aside anything that that would hinder us or get in our way uh, of achieving the goal. And that was what Paul had done. He looked at anything that would possibly prevent him from attaining his goal is something that he needed to lay aside. He he did not want anything to distract him from that reward that he was looking for, that crown of righteousness, that being able to get to dwell in all eternity with the Lord who had saved him. 
Well, if you're pressing towards the mark, you need to make sure that you're obtaining those promises from God that he sets before you. We have to be entirely sanctified. It has to be more than words. Can you say, this one thing I do, this one thing, I'm going to get sanctified. I'm going to seek after it. That's my goal. Because see, that's what keeps you on target for the heavenly goal. And it's the same thing with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's easy to to say, I want to be baptized. Pray for me that I get baptized. But is it that one thing that's now the, the shaft of your ambition? Or are you willing to put blinders on your eyes so you don't see anything else? You just see that goal. There's nothing else that is more important to you than getting that experience from God. That's what it's going to take if you want to hit the target. And the target's heaven. But we have to make sure that, that we stay on course for it. So if there's something that you need from God, tell the Lord, help me to be like that leopard. Help me just to see that one promise that you have for me. Because I want to get that. Because I know that you've commanded me to do it. We live in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. All that God has provided for us is required of us. May he help us to to focus in on those things that are needful. If you do that, you'll find the Lord is there to meet you more than halfway. He wants you to hit the target. It's almost like your tips metal and his bullseye's a magnet. He's more willing to give than we are to receive. But we have to determine that it's that one thing. Tonight, Whatever that is, come down, tell the Lord one thing, and the Lord will help you to receive. The song's 548, and the altars of prayer are open.